GodzillaMedia.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The GameZilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock the Diamond Nine. GameZilla. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, producer, the Deadite Knight. I'm outraged! I'm angry! <laughs> Why? Because that's that's going to be my bit the whole show. I'm going to be overly angry at everything. I want to know, though. Get, get Quit into it, questioning though. me! What, what kind of position do you have to ask me questions about why I'm upset? Welcome to episode 271 of the GameZilla Podcast, where Deadite's going to tell you how upset he is about our patrons. I'm super upset that you're not a patron at <laughs> patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. It's totally whack. Why? Whack. It's, it's so whack. It's wick whack wiggity whack. <laughs> go to go to patreon.com slash gamezilla media. No, you don't sound angry enough. And start your patronage today. <laughs> we need you to financially contribute so this show doesn't get canceled due to financial situations that I can't disclose to here to you. I'm just so outraged that things cost money. We, <laughs> we have we have Patreon uh, level starting at low is just one dollar a month. You get exclusive content five dollars a month. <laughs> Access to the audio version of the Patreon GameZilla pre-show. It's available there. $5 a month. You, you want to listen to the Game Shark from Legend of Retro? $5 a month. Muster Bust? You want you want special Muster Bust episodes from, from us here on GameZilla? $5 a month. Special Grim Game Reviews? $5 a month. 29 or 2 for 50 Mr. Allen. I'm outraged that he turned that into a plug for a <laughs> failing shoe chain here. Man, I got to do something, all right? GameZilla... Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Please don't don't let people, me come here and be outraged next people time. People are buying my knockoff feelers like they used to, okay? Bootleg. They bootleg. The bootlegs. Uh, but to <laughs> all of our to all of our current patrons, thank you. I'm done. I don't know if I can keep, I, I honestly don't know if I can keep this level of anger up. Yeah, I'll get you angry. Don't worry. We'll we'll figure out something here. Well, uh, <laughs> Thanks for that lovely plug. Thank you to our patrons. <laughs> it was a plug. <laughs> We're going to get right into the news, so let's have uh, Deadite calm down in this intro music. It gets situated again, but we got uh, some great topics for you today. So here we go, the news. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching GameZillaMedia.com. Downloading headlines. What about this monster story of yours? Download Topic number one. It's official. Nintendo listens to this show. There is no other possible answer. Nintendo, mm. join our Patreon. Yeah. We broke the news. We finally were fed up with Joy-Con Drift, and we let Nintendo have it. Within 24 hours of airing our episode... Nintendo responded with Joy-Con Gate and said, We will fix all Joy-Con Drift issues for free, even if you're out of warranty. That's damn right. That's right. And it's all thanks to this podcast. Now I'm getting angry. 
I don't know why. Okay, listen, both of us can't be angry. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm not angry anymore. You can be angry. No, I, I can good. be calm. I'm fine. I'm cool. Because I, I already stuck my claim of being angry on this I, show. I already got what I wanted, which was Nintendo to you know listen to the podcast. They did. You're right. You're right. That's a big win for us. It's a big win. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, basically, if uh, your Nintendo Switch joysticks are becoming unreliable, pointing your game in random directions, even if you haven't physically pushed the joystick itself, you may be experiencing what they call Joy-Con drift. And though Nintendo hasn't officially admitted a defect, the company is now quietly repairing the controllers free of charge. So... Uh, this is uh, coming from Vice News, and they uh, obtained an internal Nintendo memo that not only instructs the company company's customer service division to repair those controllers for free, but even issue refunds for previous repairs, all without needing to prove that you actually purchased a Switch and have a valid warranty. What does that tell you, Deadite? Uh, it tells me that they knew it was a problem. Uh, they and- still know it's a problem. Oh, and maybe they should, I don't know, have a recall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it should definitely be admitted as a defect at this point. If I could literally call Nintendo right now and say, yeah, I have this Joy-Con, it's not working right. Cool, send it in, we'll fix it for free. We don't even need a receipt. No proof of purchase. I don't care. Just give it to us, we'll fix it. Just stay quiet. Yeah, it only took money. It only took people lawyering up. This is true. Um, no questions asked. Refund would be a pretty clear sign that Nintendo's uh, coping to the issue, but also a sign that the company's ready to take care of affected customers. So, in the good, the, the good news here is that yes, we are happy that we can get our controllers taken care of. It's still annoying because we have to send your you have to send your controllers in. You gotta let them repair them, replace them whenever they you know deem worthy as far as your situation, and then you know get your product back. So if you don't have an extra set of Joy-Con, then this is annoying. But I mean, for people like myself or Dead, I I mean, I guess you you have to rotate. You have to send two in and then wait for those to come back and send two more in so that way you can still have Joy-Con? I, I don't have any drift in my Mario Party bundle oh, ones okay, yet. Okay. Uh, I do yet. have drift in my original gray one, so I, I need to send those out. Okay, so you send those out, you just run your extra set. And then just wait till the extra set goes bad and then send those out. Right, but by then they won't be repairing them for free anymore, probably. You're probably right. <laughs> uh, but yeah. You're probably right. This was very odd, and we you know we like to make a joke about how Nintendo listens to the show, blah blah blah, because I feel like we've been covering Nintendo news these last couple of weeks, where I feel like they've been like the first topic every show. And I feel like literally the very next day from when our show launches, I should take that back. The day after from our recording, so the day that our show launches, Nintendo like makes a statement. So it just seems to me like they have to be listening to this show and just taking us and being like, man, these guys are gamers. They know gamers. People are having problems. We should take care of them. That's the only logical conclusion. That's it. It's, it can't be anything else. So but what do you you got anything to, to add to this? Um, I guess good news in the end. I still would like Nintendo to just admit that there's a problem because my my thing here is. Okay, you're going to fix all these ones that have problems, but you haven't necessarily acknowledged that it's a defect, which means are all the new ones that you're issuing still going to end up having problems? Yeah, it, it's good that they're owning up to the fact that they need to fix them for free. That is the right thing to do. I think what is 
an unfortunate issue is I still think there's a big chunk of the consumer base that is going to go uninformed because this isn't a formal recall. The people that are more plugged into the gaming community, the people that uh, we affiliate ourselves with, yeah, they're going to they're gonna hop on the big news sites, they're going to listen to this podcast, they're going to know about it. But uh, for your kid that starts experiencing it, that their mom bought them their Switch, they, they might never know about this, and the kid might just have to deal with a busted controller forever because it's not right. a formal recall. If this was a formal recall, it would be getting publicized on the news it would be in publications other than you know blogs and podcasts and so i i do think there's going to be a, a good chunk of the switch owner community that's going to go unserviced by this yeah no that's a good point because it's a quiet solution yeah yeah it's them brushing it other under the rug so for the uh, you know knowledgeable gamer, and they're going to be getting their stuff taken care of, and hopefully it's not a horrible turnaround time. There's nothing in the article say, stating how long it's going to take. I heard I heard tell by the LPJ that it took about two weeks. Okay, yeah, he sent a couple of us out, got them about two weeks later. That's unfortunate. I, I want it to be quicker than that, but it is what it is. It's a free fix, so if you got a problematic uh, Joy-Con going having issues, then contact support.nintendo.com and uh, get those sent in. Yup. Anything else to add to this? No, I can't keep getting angry because I'm kind of hurting my voice. So yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to call my ass down. No, I think you make a good point though that we looked at this as a very good. Re, uh, a good result uh, when it first when it first happened when the articles first hit we were like oh good this is good but then like when you realize how they're kind of doing it quietly and like you said there's going to be a giant chunk of these Joy-Con that have problems you know that are owned by kids that don't know any better or something like that you know and then they just live with it or or they stop playing the device because it's not you know um, they can't depend on the input of the controller, so they're they're not going to go play something like Fortnite on it. You know, uh, you pwn some noobs. Any competitive game that you know that would be on it, they're they're just turned off by the product, and maybe they just kind of let it sit. So I don't know. I think um, I think you have a good point there. That as as this starts to more and more look like a bigger and bigger issue and the amount of people that hopefully are going to submit their their joy their controllers um will show nintendo that they actually have i mean i think nintendo knows already but like it'll prove to nintendo that they actually have a problem and need to acknowledge it on a public scale um i don't know that that, that you're right about that and this still again my concern is still tied to your concern a few weeks ago is you're acknowledging this you didn't say it's a problem. You didn't say it's a defect, which means are the current Joy-Cons that you're manufacturing right now identical to the Joy-Cons of, that were original released or previously released? And then that leads to what about the Switch Lite? Yeah. Is the Switch Lite the same Joy-Con design? Am I going to get drift in that? And then when that happens, do I have to send my whole system to you? That's going to be a problem. It's a, it's a major concern. Yeah, that is a big... That's going to be... Very unacceptable from a company like Nintendo, from a system that at that point will be several years old. This isn't launch. We're not sitting here talking about launch defects anymore. We're talking about an ongoing issue that has never been properly addressed. So we'll see. Fingers crossed that they say something and, and prove us 
you know, prove it otherwise. But right now, that is definitely still a concern. All right. Topic number two. Fortnite World Cup. So I'm just going to lead this off and say I have not played Fortnite in a long time. And I started to watch a little bit of the World Cup. I, I jumped into Ninja's stream a bit. And boy, has this game changed, right? And, and that's, that's expected for this every season that goes by and all the changes they make to the map and the new uh, weapons and items and all this stuff. So uh, very different. But what happened over, the, um, over last weekend was that Epic Games finally put out a very well-done event tournament it it took them a while to figure it out yeah they've been and and so last year they had some problems and just it, it just you know where they thought this this Fortnite tournaments were going to be like the biggest thing and they kept having just logistical nightmares when it came to the came to the event so uh fast forward around to Fortnite world cup and we got to experience the this Epic's tournament that was a $30 million tournament. So uh, at this point right now, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, eSports tournament ever, uh, Dota 2 has just come out, and and even though their finals aren't, aren't here yet, they've announced that it's going to be over $30 million so that they can be the top-earning uh, eSports tournament ever. And then, of course, six months later, someone else will beat that. So whatever. Right now, as it sits, this is one of the biggest uh, payouts for esports. Uh, the biggest Fortnite tournament to date happened over the weekend, um, and basically, Epic Games kicked off the first ever World Cup, a massive multi-part tournament that brings together the best players in the world at the twenty-three thousand seat Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City, um, best known as the host venue uh, of the U.S. Open. To give you an example, if you're not familiar with the location, the killer, the kicker here is the twenty-three thousand seat Arthur Ashe Stadium was sold out for this event. That's right, twenty-three thousand people went to go watch some uh, some people play Fortnite. In, in the in the World Cup, uh, the massive prize pool combined with Fortnite's unparalleled mainstream popularity make the make this possibly the biggest esports event in history. Um, but yeah, I mean, we obviously have people like Ninja and 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 all of your your other. I mean, God, everybody. I feel like anybody that is anybody kind of became famous off of Fortnite. It, it definitely feels that way. <laughs> it's not tr 100% true. I understand that. You know, like, I like Shroud, and Shroud was uh, somebody before Fortnite came along. But Fortnite has just put so many people on pedestals at this point that it's crazy. But um, anyways, it, the uh, audiences, the... Um, so you got all the stars there, and then audiences that rival the world's biggest athletes. So the fact of the matter is they're selling out these stadiums for kids playing video games compared to you know the US Open or a basketball game or any anything the the they are the esports scene and these competitors and these esport athletes whatever you want to call them are becoming superstars in their own world so uh it's pretty it's pretty wild and I know we've seen it over the past you know ninja having his own new year's party and like there, there's been these things where we've seen people like them like these uh, esports or these streamers and stuff 
um, doing some really cool events, but not from a competition level. Like, yes, League of Legends has some pretty good turnouts and, and their numbers are pretty good, especially internationally. But, you know, Fortnite is that game that is that right now should be and can just set all new records. And finally, you know, we've had these third party events, these companies that, are, that use Fortnite, but they're not but they're not these events aren't being run by Epic. They're being run by just other you know, other people and other companies. Epic finally stepped up and delivered, which was everybody's basically calling a spectacular event that is the you know that we basically saw the future of esports here so um with that being said that was over the weekend so we do have a winner and basically the uh the article that we pulled from says uh keep playing keep playing fortnite because uh this kid the, the u.s teenager wins three million dollars at a video game tournament so crazy, sixteen-year-old Kyle, man, I'm, I'm gonna butcher this. Is it Geerdorf? Maybe Kyle Geerdorf. Geerdorf. There's an S in the middle. Yeah, I don't know. We're gonna go Geersdorf. Yeah, we're just gonna go with Booga, which is his screen name. Yeah, we'll go with Booga. Took home three million dollars Sunday after winning the first ever Fortnite World Cup in New York. Uh, it is the largest ever prize for a single player in a video game tournament. So, um, it, the Pennsylvania team crushed his competition at a sold-out Arthur Ashe Stadium, home of the U.S. Open, like we said, uh, to capture the solo division with 59 points. That is 26 more than his runner-up. So he was in good shape uh, in the, the finals. It was a three-day, fri- Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So Sunday, he pretty much knew what was going on. You know, that last match, he knew what was going to happen. He knew when he locked it in and, and no one had a chance to catch him. So uh, like, like we said, it's $30 million uh, prize for over the weekend. So it, it, it was crazy to hear some of these people. Like um, There was a couple players that had been caught cheating earlier in the qualifying rounds for this World Cup. And they ended up qualifying in a different, a later round, so they were still made the finals. So when they were on stage and they were being shown on the big screen, they were getting booed and and everybody just like they did not want this team to do well, and they didn't. They got knocked out something like somewhere in like the twentieth position or something like that. Oh wow! They each walked away with fifty thousand dollars. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, and that was the duos. That wasn't the uh, that wasn't the solo one. But I'm like, wow, I'm like the money here is insane. How like you, they they got that low on the tournament, still walked away with that type of money. So, anyways, uh, Kyle goes on to say words can't even explain it. I'm just so happy. Uh, in a post match interview posted on Twitter, he says everything I've done, the grind, it's all paid off. It's just insane. So uh, it, it's pretty cool. His mother goes on to say that uh, he that Kyle typically plays Fortnite eight to ten hours a day. This is life changing for him. He's been playing video games since he was three. So this is his passion. He told us he could do this. He put his mind to it, and he did it. And it was super cool. If you watch the video when he comes to the, take the trophy, to see like his family come on stage and like, 
I mean, his dad, like, bowing to him, which was a little weird, but, like, initially they all, like, group hug, and, like, you can just see, like, the the support of the family. I think it's such a weird situation right now where the past generations that are, that are raising these kids looked at the at this uh you know industry as a pastime as a to get away from the real world and and the fact that now we have these kids that are converting it into a career and making money that is unheard of um you know at such a young age that you know you have to have these parents you have to have a parent that supports you and believes in you but at the same time keeps you under control you know yeah. at the same time so um there this event was going on and uh there was another player overseas that uh from overseas that won uh something i think he won around like a million dollars or something like that and it, it was there was a picture of him with with his mom and, and they interviewed the mom and she's like it's been really difficult to understand what, what's going on here uh, I'm not going to lie, in the past, I have destroyed an ex- one of his Xboxes because he played too much video games. And now look where we're at, is basically yeah. what she's saying. And so, yeah, it's um, it's a different world, and the money is this insane. The events are selling out. These kids are making a ton of money. But let's not forget, like, yes, this kid won $3 million. He's 16. Super cool for him. Life-changing for him. But Fortnite is the most financially successful video free video game of all time, earning 2.4 billion dollars in revenue last year, just just in 2018. So that's crazy money. Yeah, the report earlier from research company New Zoo found global revenue from esports competitions will top 1.1 billion in 2019, up almost a third over last year. Well, another new zoo report found that overall global video game market, excluding esports, so just the video game market, will generate more than $152 billion this year. Whoa. Up 10% from last year. It's wild. So, I mean, yes, there's a lot of money being put into this, you know, for these competitors and stuff, but that's because the industry right now is exploding. So. Um, you know, we're, we're just on the, we're just at the beginning of this. Like we are, if this keeps going in this route, you're going to see these 16 year old kids signing contracts similar to your NFL quarterbacks at this point, you know, like most valuable pitcher in baseball, whatever it is, that position that is just the most sought after. We're about to see that happen here in esports with kids playing video games. And for me, I love it. I think this is super cool. I like watching this next, just this next, I don't even want to call it generation, this, this next thing happening around competition. If you don't want to call it a sport, it's still a competition. Like, it's cool to see something new because no offense to the people that still like it, but baseball, like, first of all, I'm from Michigan. All my teams right now are really bad. All okay. Of them are bad. So it's really hard to watch sports. But on top of it, I'm kind of bored of it. So, to have this new competition, this new thing that's growing in front of us that spans across multiple games. I can watch Fortnite. Oh, I don't like Fortnite. I can go watch League of Legends. Oh, I don't like League of Legends. I can go watch Rocket League. All of them have a competitive league. All of them are starting to generate money. All of them are bringing up this talent that are starting to push the limits to a game. And when you watch them, you're like, I never even knew I could do that with my car in Rocket League. You know, and so... It's. I think we've talked about it in the past. The thing about esports that interests me the most 
is that I can watch a I can watch a game of League of Legends and watch one of my favorite players and do something, and then I can literally just go to my computer and try to mimic it. And it's and yes, you could do that in sports to an extent if you watch like your favorite baseball player and you try to you try to mimic their swing or something. It still doesn't mean that you're going to go hit a baseball 450 feet outside of a park. On a video game, if I see a if I see a strategy and I replicate it, there is a much higher percentage chance that I could actually get the the end result out of it. You know, so it, that part of it to me is such a selling point to, for kids to watch these these other kids, and even for people like me who I'm well outside my prime. I'm ne- I'm never going to be a pro gamer uh, in, in in the realm of what they're doing, but it still helps me be a better gamer, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, and kind of going back to talking about the support of those parents and the way that esports is changing the perception of video games, it's something that maybe someone who's our age, we're in our 30s, we're not really connected to this age group as much, the teenage group. Um, You and I have a friend who her son was offered a scholarship to play League of Legends. Isn't that insane? Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Yep. That to think that kids can have their college paid for playing video games. That didn't happen no. over a decade ago <laughs> when you and I were in college nope. and, and we were we were that age. There wasn't anyone who was getting money to go do these things. I'm not so, gonna lie, if there was, I might have done a little bit better in school. Yeah. So <laughs> so it it's it's one of those things that it is changing the way people perceive video games, and it's I, I think it's for the positive. I think it's great. Um, one thing that I found, uh, I tried really hard to get some scholarships, and I, I had a hard time getting scholarships because of maybe my particular activities or my skill set just weren't things that people offered scholarship for. I ended up getting one radio broadcasting scholarship and i applied for a ton um anything that i thought i could qualify for i was trying to get money for and i finally got one for being a you know successful broadcasting student but it's good to see these avenues that open up for people that maybe aren't athletic or honestly i wasn't even very good at school you know but if i could have got a scholarship for playing wrestling video games i don't know you're just the one thing i'm good at right uh it, it could have been life-changing. So, you know, that's one thing that it just ties into these these parents being supportive and understanding. And I would hope, uh, you know, as as we get older and, and know kids, that we'll see kids that we know uh, closely get these opportunities to have their college paid for for video games or have kids that we know uh, get to play professionally. Yeah, and because it's such a young industry and everything, it's going to be interesting to see as they age out what – what gets built because of them. So we're seeing, um, like I read an article the other day of uh, some professional football players that are investing into esports because they are, they're a gamer themselves and they want to build this. They're building this whole thing um, built around in Washington that for high school kids and basically building like local tournaments and being able to, to, to start to pool the talent, really. Because what they're doing is, yes, they're building an area for these kids to play, but they're also now building an area where they can go and say, these 100 kids show up per day, and, and we're watching their gameplay. We can see who the next ninja is if they're there, you know, yeah. type deal. And then they're an agency on top of it. So now the same agency that signed this football player to the, to the Redskins now just signed – the you know this 16 year old to a deal with cloud nine to go play a video game yeah 
You know, and that that's where we're starting to see this this world start to crisscross with other you know other industries already. But it'll be interesting as you know the your ninjas and and all and um, your shrouds and them get older. Do they become team owners? Do they do they launch new companies built around analytical data that's gathered for you know so, to show how how we're going to better understand which kid is going to be the next great one you know and so it, it, it is going to be interesting to see that build as like espn has been trying to tap into the esport world kind of i would say more like half-assed so like who's the one that's going to step up and build the esport network that like i can tune into and watch highlights and get stats and get all this information all in one area like like a sports center i think i honestly think it's insane that twitch doesn't already have a dedicated yeah. professionally run esports channel yeah that runs like sports center that runs like espn it's yeah. available on twitch i think it's, it's uh, monetized. I, I cannot believe that it doesn't already exist yeah i think it's such a it's a, such a big miss for something that right now i think so many people would enjoy and use that and I, the only thing i can can't really understand or maybe that would be an obstacle is each game is so unique and different and each game is a different published like it's one thing to sit there and say hey i made a deal with the with the major league baseball so now i get now i have i i can cover details and data on all the teams because it's all under that one umbrella but the umbrella of epic games and the umbrella of blizzard and the umbrella of psionic and the umbrella of they're all different so like I don't know how that all works logistically and how maybe like someone like ESPN can can and cannot lock things in. You're also dealing with an age group of minors. So at that time at that point too, mm. what are some of the you know, the legalities around coverage of a kid? You know, so I'm sure there's a lot going on that we don't think about, but it does seem to me like it's worth someone doing that work and figuring out how they could do it because I that would be a network that I would use every day. Yeah, it's it's surprising to me. And again, maybe this is stuff in the works. Maybe this we'll see soon. Um, well, once they listen to this podcast, they'll announce it to the next, within ab- 24 hours. Absolutely. You know, I understand <laughs> that you know Blizzard wants their Overwatch League and their Overwatch channel to be very successful and have people watch there. But you would think that in the same way that the NFL broadcast rights are licensed, the way that, you know, stuff like WWE gets paid a ton for their broadcast rights, you would think that some of these publishers would be like, all right, hey, listen, Amazon, whoever, you know, or ESPN or whoever wants to do this, here's here's what it would cost for you to be able to have the coverage and broadcast rights for these events or for these games. You know, you would think that there's a lot of money in that, and they could ask a lot of money because that's the way things are going. Live content is so important. That's one of the reasons sports still does really good numbers is because it's not it's not as fun watching sports on your DVR. It's not as fun watching right. replays. It's fun experiencing it live, and live video game coverage is going to fall into that, and I promise you there's going to be big money in the licensing for the big games. 
yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you. It's going, it's going to get there, and, and I think a lot of it is right now. It's just so young and unknown that uh, a lot of, like you said, a lot of those lines are being drawn and and things are being figured out, and we are going to see it in the next couple of years here. I really think uh, as we're already seeing it explode, but it's kind of um, this is why the consistency has been weird. It's like, oh, this went really well. Oh, that went horribly. Oh, this well, it's because they're testing, they're figuring it out, and when they finally have that business model that works, they're going to expand it, and it's going to grow. And then we're really going to sit back and say, hey, remember when we thought it was it was uh, a lot of money when with thirty million dollars, and now we're sitting here where it's like a billion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then we go look at Epic Games, and they're one of the you know one of the most wealthy companies in the world. And they're a video game company, pushing pushing the likes of of Apple and Amazon. Yeah. So we'll see. All right. I I just am selfishly excited because so Epic put this this big World Cup event on, right? Huge success. What else does Epic own? Rocket League. Oh, that's right. They bought Rocket League. I I, 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 I always forget. Right? It was like yeah. six months ago. I always forget. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, Epic owns Rocket League now. Yeah. They. You're right. So, what can now that they've had this success? How can they? What can they pass along? You know, to help the. Uh, I think it's season eight that they're going to be rolling into. Yeah, our our LCS season eight's coming up, yeah. and so they're yeah. just through the dream hack circuits going on right now. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. I, yeah, I'm hoping to see that them take some of that, and, and not that uh, Rocket League is like dying by any means, but like see it expand beyond uh, what they what they originally thought was possible. Yeah. All right. Topic number three, Microsoft will drop Cortana from Xbox One as part of another dashboard redesign. I've been teabagged thousands of times. That was the wrong button. No, that was a good one, too. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Sorry, Cortana. I didn't mean to teabag you. (laughs) Another redesign and another loss. Microsoft is once again tweaking its Xbox One dashboard design and removing the Cortana Digital Assistant. The software maker has stated ex- uh, has started experimenting with what is describing as more streamlined user interface for the home section of the Xbox One dashboard. This is the area you immediately see when you're power on your Xbox One console. The new design includes quicker access to Xbox Game Pass titles, Microsoft Mixer service, the Xbox community feature, and the Microsoft Store. So this is feed, uh, this is them responding to feedback, and they have continued to uh, work on the home the, or the homepage for the Xbox to get your gaming experiences to you faster and keeping more of your content from uh, on the front and center. Microsoft's Xbox um, Insider Chief. Um, Bradley Rossetti with the new experimental home design the first thing you'll notice is we've removed the twists from the top of the home in favor of separate buttons that launch your gaming experiences this should make it easier to access frequently used games on the home screen Microsoft is testing the new home screen with Xbox insiders currently in the alpha and alpha skip ahead rings so this should be one that hopefully prompts me when I turn my Xbox on so I can 
uh, report more on this soon as to what I think of it. Um, but the um, company is looking for feedback from these groups, and Microsoft has tweaked the Xbox One dashboard multiple times since the console launched. Uh, if you've if you haven't been an Xbox owner or you've just chose to forget, um, it's been it was a mess at launch. They did a massive redesign in 2015. They did a fluent design update back in 2017, and it's all been pretty good. I've really my, myself. I really appreciate the changes they've made, but I've always found their um, their OU kind of confusing, kind of clunky. So. If they if they really have found a way to make it even better, I'm okay with it. And you know, alongside this latest update, Microsoft is removing Cortana from the Xbox One. And basically, they said Microsoft, uh, they're saying it's moving to a uh, moving Cortana to a cloud-based assistant, meaning you can no longer talk to Cortana via your headset. You'll still be able to power on your Xbox One through the Xbox Skill for Katana. Uh, Cortana on iOS, Android, or Windows devices, um, just like the existing Alexa integration that they have as well. Nice. Um, it's not a surprise to see Cortana disappearing from Xbox One because Microsoft has a new focus for Cortana on a more business-related scenarios, and the company is working on making Cortana better at holding conversations. Microsoft also previously decoupled Cortana from the uh, search in the recent Windows 10 May 2019 update, and now the company is bringing Cortana to the Microsoft Store as a separate app. Uh, removing Cortana from the Xbox is another step in the digital assistant's demise on the consumer side of Microsoft software and services. I hated Cortana on my Xbox. I don't know how many times BMC, of all people, would say, Hey, Cortana, on his end. In a different building, miles and miles away from me. And somehow, it would trigger my Cortana on my screen. That sucks. It's just dumb. And so, like, and every time I wanted to use Cortana, it would, like, half work. I, I just don't like digital assistants. I've never been much of a Siri person. Cortana has never done it for me. And even on the Android side, I just, I just don't need it. You know, the only assistant I ever use is in my car when my phone is hooked up to my car and I hit a button and so Siri or whoever says, what can I help you with? I'd be like, call Ethan, call whatever. And so when that, like, that's about my extent to digital assistants. Other than that, yeah, it doesn't need to be on my Xbox. Please get it off my Xbox. And yes, and while you're doing that, clean up my Xbox so that it's not as difficult to find the last game that I played to relaunch. Like, that, I, I don't like the Xbox right now because it is menus within menus within menus. And you, so you do have to kind of jump down to get to your stuff. If you just put it right there on the homepage, let me click it, let me play, and let me get on with my experience. You know, I, uh, I wasn't ever interested in using like a digital assistant sort of thing, and our, our man EA Spuds uh, got me an, an Echo Dot as a housewarming gift when Elle and I got the house. And like Elle uses it all the time, and I've recently found myself really enjoying it by being like, hey Alexa, when's it going to rain? And then she's like, it's going to rain at 2 o'clock. Like, 
oh, that stuff's kind of cool. Like, I like asking it questions. I never ask it to really do anything other than, like, answer questions. Hey, turn on the lights or, you know, but, like, Al will set, like, reminders and timers and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, it's cool that she uses it that way. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If PlayStation had something like that built in, I would never, ever use it. PlayStation does have something like that built in. What? Yeah, it does have, like, it's real basic. It's not like, it doesn't even have a name, but it does have voice command, like, oh, structure. Oh, yeah, because every once in a while, especially if I leave my camera hooked into my PlayStation, yeah. it will, like, boop, and, like, add, like ask for a command. I'm like, oh, stop, stop. Right. Why do you plug your, oh, oh your PlayStation camera. Yeah. Got you. I was like, why do you plug a camera into your PlayStation? But I get it. You're, like, webcam. Yeah, so, I don't know. I'm, I'm slowly converting to the... Uh, the world of the digital assistant by using Alexa, but I just, I don't need it in the gaming world. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean we have Google Home here, and it's fine. You know, like we have it tied to our thermostat and tied to our lights. But again, I'm refer- I'm more referencing Cortana being a giant pile of trash, and and not need it doesn't need to be on Xbox. And I like when they announced Cortana I was very excited because Cortana if you're not familiar is a is a character from the Halo franchise and is an AI character so like the fact that they took this out of Halo and was was using it everywhere else I liked that idea I I thought it was cool it just wasn't good that's the problem <laughs> so so if microsoft is going to take that back and kind of rework it and even push it more out into the business oriented scenarios where it needs to perform better if you're going to realistically try to sell that on a business level that is cool because again i like the idea of what cortana is within the video game world so the fact that like we're using it other ways is neat and fun but it wasn't fun on the Xbox because it just didn't do anything. And when you tried to do it, it wouldn't work. But then again, you have a friend that just says, hey, Cortana, and then all of a sudden it pops up on your screen. You're like, oh, my God, BMC, stop. Just stop saying it. And he would do it, like, on purpose. We'd be in the middle of, like, a game, be like, hey, Cortana. And, like, it, it would pause my game, and, like, the screen would come in. Like, oh, my God. I'd be disabling Cortana so fast. Yeah, well, that's what happened, but... Anyways, uh, so yeah, they're getting rid of it, um, but I think the bigger news here is not that. I don't think anyone really cares. Uh, if, if I'm wrong, let me know in the Xbox Discord channel. I, I don't think I am, but I don't really think anybody cares that Cortana's going away. I think people are more interested in the redesign and cleanup of the menu system that you know is, again, far superior than the original, but still has a lot of work and... So, you know, let, let's hope that this is a, a nice upgrade for us. And like I said, I am part of the insider group. So when this update hits me, I will uh, maybe it'll be one of my, my reviews I do um, during the month of August as far as what I think improvements or things I don't like, like and don't like. Anything else you'd like to add to this? Is this change going to make you buy an Xbox? No. Nope, that's not that's not the change that's going to get me to buy an Xbox here late in the life of the Xbox One. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, you wouldn't have bought a PlayStation either. It was bought for you. No, I, I would have bought a PlayStation 4. I don't think so. I would have. You can't prove that, though. It's you're, you're right. I cannot prove that I was going to buy a PlayStation 4 eventually. It might have been a whole other year afterwards. Um, 
Yeah, it probably would have been about a year afterwards. I was, what, I was hoping to use some of the wedding money or something to get a PlayStation. What? I, I mean, like, to me, it's like you had, at the time, you had, what, a PS3. You had nothing that was current gen. Oh, I had a 3DS. That was my current gen system. <laughs> okay. Don't sorry. laugh. I'm really Don't sorry. laugh at that. The, the, that was 2015. <laughs> I'm real sorry. And the, the 3DS was very much a current gen product. Of handheld devices because you didn't own a Wii U. Yeah, I'm a, I, I'm a handheld gaming guy. Yeah, so anyways, what would have been the game a year later from buying the PS, from not getting the PS4 as a gift for Christmas that would have made you want to buy a PS4? I really wanted to play Destiny with you guys. That was yeah. the game I really wanted to play. But see, the problem would have been is that how quickly did we start complaining about Destiny? Would have been would that window have been there enough time for you to buy the PS4 or be like, ooh, maybe I should wait? You know, I did get it after Taken King. No, because, yeah, the complaining hit. You guys had already gone through all the complaining about yeah. it. Taken King it was came like out. like the rebirth. Yeah. yeah. It was post-Taken okay. King I got into it. So okay. I, you guys might have just been done with the game. It yeah. Maybe Division. It might have been the Division then. Okay. All right. That's fair. Well. We'll get you into Xbox. Don't worry, it's gonna happen. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe the uh, maybe Project Scarlet. Yeah, right. No, I think. Yeah, I think it's th- this generation is over. You know, like w- the people that are invested into it will enjoy the next year, and then everyone's gonna get ready for whatever whatever's gonna happen in twenty twenty. W- what Sony comes out with when it comes to backwards compatibility could make or break my decision to switch to Xbox for the next generation. If Sony comes out and they're like, "Yeah, hey." This many generations is backwards compatible, and your downloads are going to be playable on the PlayStation Five. I'm probably going to stay in the PlayStation ecosystem, but if if they don't come out with a good backwards compatibility, they have to. I yeah. feel like they absolutely have to. But if, if, if they, they don't, don't, I might jump ship. Yeah, if they don't, that's going to be such a confusing decision that they made. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, that's been our attack on the news. For these topics and uh, much more, visit GameZillaMedia.com and continue the conversation in our Discord. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I know you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. We have other great podcasts as well. Have they, though? Enjoyed it? Well, I should have been more angry. I I committed at the beginning to being angry, but then I didn't follow through on it. Yeah, I think you really blew it. But if you want a more subdued group of guys talking about <laughs> retro games, Legend of Retro, Retro Gaming Podcast, uh, of course, we have Noobs and Dragons. Get the scoop in on a Season 2 of Noobs and Dragons by joining our Patreon. Last Action Podcast, all about action movies, and the Noiseland Arcade Simpsons Podcast. They talked about uh, Lisa's Substitute Teacher, which is one of the greatest episodes ever on this uh, past Sunday's release show. Nice. All right, well, with all that being said, I think it's time for the Zilla update, right? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, I know we, we want to plug in a, a, some extra information, especially talking deals, gaming deals. Something that's important to note, a lot of people might not know about this because I didn't know about this. The Nintendo like coupon vouchers where you get two full-price games for 100 bucks digitally, the ability to buy the vouchers ends on the 31st yep. of, of July. So depending if you're watching us live, you got two days. If you're listening to us on release day, you got one day. And you may have already missed it if you're listening to this podcast too late. So if you were interested in getting those Nintendo uh, digital vouchers, 
You, you need to pull the trigger now. Yeah, good call. I just saw like an article today about uh, running out of time. I thought that, that was like a program that was going to stick around and they might bring it back, you know. Yeah. But uh, I didn't realize that was like a, hey, we're doing this for a couple months here in the summer sort of deal. Yeah. It's yeah, smart. See, it's, I, it's like locking in pre-orders digitally. It's really smart. Yeah. Especially if you want to go digital and, and still get somewhat of a discount. That's yeah. the only way you're going to do it, really. So, um, yeah, this is this is good. I can imagine that they bring it back around the holidays. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I see them taking it away now, taking a few months off. Bring, you know, bringing it back during the holidays just it'd, to... It'd be a good good bundle, a $400 bundle. You get two digital vouchers to get whatever games you want yeah. with the system. Yep. I could see it coming back around shortly after, even after the uh, new systems come out. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe in like a... They're, they're dropping late October, or sorry, late September. So then maybe it's October, November that we see that, uh, that deal come back. But if you don't want to wait, like you said, lock it in now. Because they're vouchers, so you lock it in. You don't actually, but you can. You don't pick your games until a later point, right? Yeah, you can redeem it's them basically whenever like you want. Yeah, it's just credit. Yeah. Okay. So you get two full price games for hundred bucks instead of one hundred and twenty. So a total of twenty dollars savings off the two games. Yeah, and I know we moved on to our to our uh, deals uh, and everything, but I do want to just point out that a twenty sided ninja on twitch.tv slash games media said if they give you backwards compatibility, they can't sell you the same games for the third time. Did I? You're right. Yeah. So. You got me there. Yeah, and you know they do like to do that. So I don't know. We'll see. I think Nintendo's the king of that, though. They're, they're, they are the ultimate king of, of being able to resell you a copy of Mario 3 for the 18th time, and you're somehow excited for it. Oh, to be fair, they got me to do a subscription to own it now. <laughs> right. I have three physical copies. I have how many digital copies? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's just stop now before we start feeling bad about ourselves. But anyways, I always feel bad about myself. Let's. Not, let's not I think that's the only deal that we have to share this week, right? That's the only one I I yeah. recalled that. Eh, that's that's, that's, that's pressing business. You yeah, know? that's a good one. So we we always we have a gaming deal channel in the uh, in the Discord. So if you want to join the Discord, go to gameslimited.com, click on the button. It's free. And the gaming deals is where we, where the community always shares things that they find. If it's a Groupon deal or something like, you know, this um, Nintendo deal that's running out, stuff like that. It, that's where we pull a lot of this from every week to share uh, for those people that aren't part of the Discord. For sure. All right. Well, uh, Zilla update time, gaming moment of the week. Mine. Mine's pretty simple. It's more of the same, just a different atmosphere. I was up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan uh, over the weekend and just spending some time camping. And uh, I took my Switch up up north with me. And I didn't get a ton of Switch time, which is fine because I was doing other things. But for the time that I did, I really appreciated the handheld function of the Switch playing marvel ultimate alliance so like here i am in the middle of nowhere my phone can't even send a text message barely but here i am playing marvel ultimate alliance just fine locally and so i was playing it you know in the tent while i was laying down before i wanted to go to sleep and just got through like a level a couple levels and just had a really good time with it and just i think i again it it's moments like that, or like the story I told of you and told you when the system first came out, and we were on the plane to PAX East, and we were playing Bomberman, and like yeah. 
dad and uh, a dad and his kid was like, "Hey, share your share your room key, and we'll jump in." And we were playing a four-player Bomberman with two strangers on an airplane. Like it's things like that where I just kind of sit back. I go, "Man, this little device is super cool, super cool." So, and yeah, I, that, that's my game of the week is just being able to be on a lake in in the middle of the woods, still getting a little bit of my video game fix in before I go, you know, do all the, the camping activities. That's nice. That, that's one of the best things about the Switch, no yep. doubt. So my gaming moment of the week is it's also small. It's not some sort of big epic story of something really exciting that happened to me or some new game that I played. Um, I started working on a bucket list game, a game that I've wanted to play for a long time and a game that I have bought twice digitally that I just never got around to playing. I am finally a couple hours in to Castlevania Symphony of the Night. It's a game I've always wanted to play and I was never shy about saying that I never really played it, you know, just a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there. Um, but I think I'm probably two to three hours into the game right now and it, it comes down to having it on the Vita. The PS3 copy I bought for like $3 on sale like four years ago or whatever, that cross-buyed cross over to the Vita. And I was like, perfect, because I know that I like playing Metroidvania games handheld. It's, it's the convenience of the pick up and play aspect of it that works really well for me. So when I got this Vita, I knew that that was one thing that I wanted to dive into and tackle and finally put some time into Symphony of the Night. And I've been doing it and it, it's really good. Just like, you know, everyone always talks about because I've played Harmony of Dissonance. I've played Aria of Sorrow. You know, I have a bunch of the uh, Castlevania Metroidvania games on the Game Boy Advance and on the Nintendo DS. It's a series I really enjoy. And admittedly, like I always do, I put 15 hours into the game or whatever and then never beat it because that's how I play video games and I probably <laughs> won't ever beat Symphony of the Night but I'm at least at the point now um, where after I put a few more hours in I will at least feel like I've had the real Symphony of the Night experience because this is the game that put the Vania in the Metroidvania genre they took notes from the success of Metroid and the style of Metroid they added deep RPG elements and they made a great action RPG out of it and so it's really the one that, that launched that entire generation of, of Castlevania games. And again, so far, the, the story's been fun. The cheesy voice acting is fun. And the gameplay's been been solid and smooth. So I've, I've been enjoying it. I know I'll have more to talk about as I get deeper into this game. But it's, it's just nice to finally be able to check that one off as something that I'm experiencing that is such a pinnacle game in a genre that both uh, you and I enjoy a lot. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a long time since I played Symphony of the Night, so I've also thought about trying uh, another pl a new playthrough of it. But uh, I don't know. I know for me, I, I would want to try to complete it, and f just remembering that game, there's there's a good amount of time you're going to need to oh, do yeah. so. That's why Handheld's great, because I bought that in October, that Castlevania 2-pack that came out. Right. The Castlevania Requiem pack, or whatever they called, where it had uh, Rondo of Blood and Symphony of the Night, and I was like, well, I'm going to beat Rondo of Blood, and then I'm finally going to start really digging into Symphony of the Night, the nice, you know, polished-up version they put out on the PS4. And then I'm like, man, Rondo of Blood's kind of hard, you know? <laughs> like, so, and I've probably played five hours of Rondo of Blood, and I was like, this game's hard. You know, it's cool. 
<laughs> not hard games. Not hard games. But, you know, so again, I, I know I know I'll hit the wall with Symphony of the Night and I'll either get stuck or I'll just move on to something different. But again, I'm just I'm glad to be able to experience it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we always uh, talk about what we're currently playing, but that's the Discord. You come hang out, join the Discord for free, and let us know what you're playing. Talk about or meet up with other gamers to team up and, and play games like The Division, like Destiny, whatever it is that you're into. Um, but yeah, you know, share your gaming moments as well through the Discord. You already talked about the other podcasts, so I'll just remind people that we have a YouTube channel. We have a blog. We have uh, streamers, both on Facebook and Twitch, depending on what you're looking for. You can find all of that information right from gameslamedia.com. Click on things like the streamer page and see all the streamers, their links to their pages. And then again, if you join the Discord, you can talk with the streamers right in their custom channel about anything you want. If you're watching their streams and you want you know, tips or tricks or try to team up with them in a co-op aspect, all doable right from the Discord. I don't have a whole... Oh, I do have one other announcement. I guess we should, we should probably publicly get the information out there. It's a little bit of a bummer. You do the bummer, and then I'll do an up. You, you take do us down, downer. I'll bring us back up. All right. Okay. So uh, we got word back from PAX West, and our panel has been rejected. So Man, that is, yep, it's a bummer. You know, it, we knew it was a possibility. PAX West is one of the biggest shows, so um, they get a lot of submissions. We are still invited to go to PAX. Um, we're still going to be hanging out with Gamers Outreach and Children's uh, Mott's Children's Hospital for, based out of Ann Arbor. So um, we are still planning on going, a group of us, and we're going to hang out with these groups, network with some people, get to meet people that you know, get to meet teams and and individuals that we normally wouldn't have the uh, ability to do. And so overall, we're not looking at this as a as a major setback. Um, we think. PAX West could still be super fun and beneficial to us. And so we're, we're excited to still go share all of that with you and, you know, and have a really good time in end of uh, August here. So, um, and as things change, we'll let you know, but right now that that's kind of where it is. There, there won't be that panel, but there will be uh, plenty of opportunities for us to have at PAX West. So that is a bummer, but again, we're, we're still excited to have a crew from GameZilla going and representing and experience packs. Uh, but something that I think is an upper, and I just want to give a shout out and a thank you to our friends at the Michigan Science Center mm, yep. for allowing GameZilla to come out and be part of Vintage Video Games After Dark this past Thursday night. We were able to host a booth, and we had some classic games set up, and Craig WK, as well as Player One Miggy, Chops, and you and myself, we were out there hosting, talking to people. It was just cool being around gamers that were just energized and excited to be out talking about video games and playing video games. So just thank you so much to the Michigan Science Center for allowing GameZilla to be part of it. And to anyone who's listened to this podcast, maybe for the first time because you met us at the event, thank you so much for spending some time uh, listening to GameZilla and joining us on our uh, gaming adventure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, this has been episode 271 of the Games Love podcast. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to all of our patrons. And uh, just remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game, game on. on.